Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Eric. Merry Christmas, Andy. Uh, How was your Christmas? This is as what are we three days after Christmas? It's the 27th. 27th? 28th. 28th today. Uh, Christmas is good. Yep. You know what's funny? No. The episodes I remember most frequently, I remember like one of our first episodes we were were recording upstairs. Right. It was right around Christmas time. Right. Right after Christmas time. And we did a debrief about Christmas. Did we? (laughs) Yeah. And we were talking about how we eat too much and how we've been getting better. So funny. I was just going to say that. Okay. Go. No, you can go first. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I was going to talk about that just for two seconds at Christmas because I haven't seen you in a couple of days, really. Right. I know you've been eating. Oh, yeah. 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 And I haven't been eating that bad. Me too. And I've really limited my beers. Great. Had a couple with my uh, brother-in-laws the other night. And I've had a couple every day in the, not every day, but uh, over the holidays, a couple here and there. Mm-hmm. So that was not bad. Yep. And I've been fit. I've been, if I didn't come to the gym, I've been riding my bike except for, I think, one day. Christmas Day, I actually did. No, I didn't do anything on Christmas Day. First mm-hmm. time, because I usually go to the track or something, but it was too much snow. Uh, I have a similar story. I was yep. just saying to Christine this morning, my Christine, this morning, I've only missed one day so far. Okay, good. But it was because I normally, I think I would usually, I'm less crazy than when I, when I was younger. I would get up early and go mm-hmm. at like 7 a.m., no matter what the day was. So I could have been up till 2 with my family. It's like I would get up at 7 and go to the gym, whatever. Yeah. But I've started to like be more reasonable because it's like, what real benefit am I getting outside of just the discipline of going? Yeah. Which I used to really like the discipline of going, but now it's like once you have the discipline to go, now it's like you, I cannot go. You don't have to put a cherry yeah. on the cake. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well said. Well said. So I lied. Oh. I did do something on Christmas. I went like downstairs. On, yeah, oh. I, I did a thirty-minute uh, echelon or uh, echelon bike, same as nice. the Peloton. And well, I did, all I did it was because just in case I overate, which mm-hmm. I actually didn't, but I didn't go any snacks before. I just had a little bit of wiggle room so I didn't feel full and I revved myself up a little bit. Yeah. So I actually did on Christmas Day. There was another day I didn't do anything. The only reason I didn't Christmas morning was it was Sunday, which is normally my off day. So it lined up well. Right. Where normally I go Sunday, Thursday yeah. off. And so this week... I st- instead I had yesterday because I was in London yesterday, so I right. did yesterday off, and I'll pick it up again. Anyways, point being, um, yeah, what's your point? My point is that the eating thing. I remember two years ago when we talked about this for the yeah. first time on the podcast. Yeah, I was like, I'm really starting to get better, and I'm really starting to get better. Yeah. Much, much easier to control the appetite. Much easier to not overdo it and be crazy bloated yeah. and want to want to have a heart attack. Right. Um. Because that's the tendency when you've been an athlete that's been told your whole life you need to eat, 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 eat. Yeah. And you get everyone's leftovers and hmm. pass it to Eric and whatever. It's been conditioned into me. So trying to condition it out, it's been a battle. But I'm starting to I'm starting to win. I'm starting to win the battle. It's good, man. So yeah, felt a lot better yep. through this holiday season. Yeah. Whatever. That's um, good. So yeah, that was that's been Christmas, but I still because I'm Italian, we have Actually, yeah. it's not. It's not even necessarily because I'm Italian this year. It's mostly because my girlfriend's family has a lot of stuff going on. Right. So it's more them than us this year, which is that's the first time that's ever happened. But I've been yeah. from the 24th right till January 1st every day. There's going to be some form right. of Christmassy event. Yeah, which I know. Which is pretty busy. So except for today, but today you're watching. No, tonight games, we yeah. still we have a friend Christmas tonight. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So wow. it's been uh, it's a busy time, and it sucks because I go nuts. No, you know what? You want to enjoy it, but you're so tired. It's like that many days in a row. Yeah. It's like you're sleeping. You're not sleeping well. You're up yeah. late. You're having some drinks. You're eating more than you should and not great stuff. Yeah. And it's like you're out of your routine. All those things build up. So to do it for like five, six, seven days in a row can yeah. be a grind. Yeah. But when you can control yourself, then it's actually much more enjoyable than just yeah. feeling like shit for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. And they'll be right back into the swing in the new year. So, I was so thrilled to get my kid back for a week. I know you were. Almost a week. Yeah. I loved it. It was good to see him. Man, it was so good to see him. Then got in here a few times on the ice a couple times just to keep him moving. And it was just good to see him. Yeah. Any highlights? Like, so, Any highlights? Yeah. Uh, With him and I? Yeah. Oh, did he open his Christmas gift? Yeah. How was it? Yeah, good. He's excited. He got a yeah. guitar, guys. Yeah. He's taking uh, music at school, yeah. like one of the classes. So he yeah. learned guitar. He can can't jam but no. he does got a couple songs in the bag. i like it like it's it's good yeah, it's cool, good cool 
So we can't make it in hockey. Can make it as a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, but so I was like as I was as I talk about that, you know, my wife we drop him off yesterday. She goes, ah, every time he leaves, I'm sad. I go, yeah, I, I get excited when he comes home, and then I get sad when he's home because I know he's leaving. Because uh, him and I spend so much time together. And, uh, but you know, he's doing what he loves, which I love, but we just had a great time together. It was good. And, uh, what I was saying to him, you know, and this is like, we'll talk about this a little bit in the podcast today. Time goes fast and time goes slow. So, uh, someone's at our door here, but oh, well, uh, time goes fast and time goes slow. So, you know, hockey goes by so freaking fast, man. So like for outside of my my son it's december it's gonna be january in a couple of days it's half a season gone most people probably say wow that went by fast and it goes by faster as you get older so i was telling that to uh, my son on uh on over the holidays i said uh remember when you got drafted how like everything everything was the unknown right yeah. can't wait to get going and 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 you know how many how many of us have told you this goes by fast kid this goes by fast so last year's done, summer goes by, now we're halfway through the, his second year. And so basically, essentially, he's got three more months plus playoffs, and then he's done year two. Year two is halfway through his OHL career. And he goes, wow. Like, wow. He goes, everyone says it goes fast. And he goes, it really does, Dad. I go, it's crazy. And that's, uh, like, for anybody that's playing, man, it, it goes by fast. Yeah, man. And you want to make you want to make the best of it, man. You want to do the right things all the time and enjoy it. Yeah, so Big I, time. I tell I always tell the guys that we have, uh, especially the kids that are more serious. It's really easy to get super caught up in the seriousness of, yep. like, trying to get where you want to go and achieve your goals and all yep. that kind of stuff. But you have to take some moments to stop and smell the roses a little bit because everyone that you talk to that played in junior and had a good experience like they remember back to their junior days and it's the best even their even the nhl guys like that are now making the big bucks and whatever their their fondest memories for most people is like junior with their buddies you know yeah. the f- initial road trips and the doing their team parties and doing the hangouts with the guys in the dressing room and all that kind of stuff before it's the seriousness of being your actual career now your yeah. profession where you're actually making the money so it's it's really easy to you you get caught up in the day to day stuff, and you don't realize like where you are, what you're doing, how fortunate you are to be in the position you're in, how cool it is, like what a unique experience it is to be where you are. Yeah, it's but that's a funny word when you use the word experience, because someone was asking me about Charlie the one time, and I they, they said, oh, what a cool experience, and I go, oh boy, that's the wrong word for me, because it's like it's experience, it's an experience from the outside looking in, but it's an apprenticeship. And it's like, it's not really an experience. You know what I mean? Well, I think it can be both, but it's only, it's not an apprenticeship. It's not necessarily an apprenticeship, right? So it depends. It depends how serious you are. That's what I'm saying, right? And for the vast majority of the guys that are playing in the CHL, it's not an apprenticeship. Like they're done when they're done, you know? So it depends on who you are and (laughs) where you end up. You can look back on it. If you go into it treating it like it's an apprenticeship, then that's... That's, the, I think, the right way to frame it to yourself. Yeah. But just looking back on, on like almost a year and a half now, it's uh, it's funny to watch parents, coaches, other players and stuff like that. Like you miss the boat, miss the boat on a lot of things. Um, just for example, we got, um, you know, if you look at your first year, typically it's a rough year for most kids in the, in the OHL college because you're the youngest guy, right? Yep. Usually it's a rougher year. So you focus on so much of the negatives, right? Like why, why can't he get it? Not him. Every... every most most people it's like you look at all the negatives and if i just had that and you look at that that 19 20 year old kid that's getting more ice and is the star of the team or the star of the teams or the league or whatever and you sit there and like man that guy's whatever so then it comes second year third year fourth year like eventually you become that guy if you do the do the mm-hmm. things and uh so it's so funny to watch the process because everything works out like honestly if you do your job the things work out things just work out um, yeah. And I, I'm watching it with 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 players that every, I've seen this for a long time, but I'm, I'm watching that with different players, even around the league and on his team and stuff like that. You see the process actually works if you do the work. Yeah. So it's like a, you could get in panic mode early on. I think this is my point. This is kind of what I'm saying about the like stop and smell the roses for a yeah. second. Not in a la-di-da, wow, I'm so lucky to be here. Not yeah. that way, Yeah. but just in a 
look at that little bit of progress. Yeah, you know what I mean? The appreciation for where you're at, where you've come, where you're going, because you can get stuck on the, why am I not getting any ice today? Where if you, you can view it as, like you said, an apprenticeship or a process where you're gaining the actual playing experience to be the guy that finally does the job, right? And it's funny because, like I said, in any other, I've made this point before, in any other profession outside of elite sports that I can think of, when you're the new guy, you expect to be given the same as the top guys in sports. But if you're if you're a electrician, when you start off, you wouldn't expect to get the big contract job right away, right? You have to wait because you don't know how to handle that situation yet. And it's no different with elite sports outside of those very, very few that are so good at what they're doing so early that they can just jump right to the top of the or the front of the line. You know what I mean? So it's it's uh it's important that you can like take a pause yeah. and look at what you have and where you are. Yeah. So even like for, from a parent's perspective, right? We've made some like really, really good friends, which is really important because at that level, like you can be so competitive, but it's like, you know what? Like the, the old saying that a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. It's really true. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, if, if, uh, if everyone does well, your, your son does well too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not just a one man show. So anyways, did, that's that. Yeah. Did you watch uh, game one world Jays? I watched another game last night, Latvia, Swiss, and uh, Czech, Austria, one of the two. But what, I watched two of those. What, uh, what are your, let's start with your thoughts about the, the tournament and the watching and the, what do you think about it? I love the World Juniors. You know we're the only ones that care about it, eh? Most, like, for the most for the part. For the most part. North like in Canada? That's, yeah. Like then that's based more if or you less notice, if, they, if you notice in the United States of America... If they do their uh, when they do the World Junior Championships, they keep it. They have their best success closer to the borders. Of course, yeah. yeah. So Canada markets it real well and stuff. And and of course, U.S. does have a um, as a hockey entity. They care about it, but like in, in the U.S. doesn't care as the much general about the population. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I mean, because they got the program in the U18s and stuff like that. So this is where their the fruits of their labors are shown, right? Right. And it's a good program, obviously. So yeah, I I, I like the World Juniors, and I like how it's shaken out over the last couple, like the couple years, last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's just been getting more and more competitive, in my opinion. Yeah. It's um, you you could almost say, like back when I played in junior, that uh, it was going to be Canada or Russia in the final. Yeah. That one of them were going to rush it, or USSR at the time. You could say that one of them was going to win it. And uh, now you've got countries that, wow, you got some good countries now. Like, uh, it's amazing. Lost, like, lost that, five that, two. what's that? Canada just lost 5 2 game, game one. Yeah, right? I, so. I, I, could, I saw that coming. Yeah. Like, early, I, I was talking, watching it with Charlie and my wife, and I said, uh, yeah, Canada's not winning this one. They, were, they started off with a bang, but not to get too much into it because I don't really care what anybody's feedback is i'm just giving my opinion yeah uh there's a lot of uh the, the, here's the here's the thing you get a lot of you get a lot of stars together right you get a lot of the best of the best together and everybody wants to be the star all the time and it, and, and and until they become an actual team that's when i like canada until that happens i'm not i don't i don't i, I wouldn't say i don't cheer for them but i don't um i need to see them play as a team and i just found there's a lot of a lot of guys trying to be stars in the beginning of it and not come together as a team until they do that they can't win yeah so that's what i find um that was the biggest thing for me and then i see a team like uh and i don't like to call them underdogs but check chechia check now chechia they uh, just played a team game and uh you know there's obviously some good players on that team but and we we don't we don't we don't have the hype of who their best players are and it's not pumped the way it is over here right but they're um they they played as a team. Yeah, and that's how you win hockey hockey tournaments. Yeah, I think the this we kind of were touching on this a little bit before the superstar like media portrayal of everything is like that's what where it's like not fun to watch for me. Whereas for a lot of people, that's I mean that's why it is the way it is because a lot of people they like that they want to pay attention to the star power and criticize Connor Bedard or cheer for him or whatever they feel like they want to do like yeah. that's or the Shane story. Wright or Shane Wright, whatever. But, but to your point, the the reason I like to watch is when it's a like a hard a hard team game where guys are contributing and it's a one you know one through four line effort of winning games and playing like a team. That's when it's most fun to watch. It's not. It's never fun watching when it's like you guys have all the best players and then you win. 
You know, and it's like I find that with I don't know the other sports as well, but I find that like in basketball. I was just gonna say basketball or, dream team. Yeah, good luck. And, good and luck beating them. A little bit baseball too, where it's like the teams that can afford the players. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never see the Baltimore Orioles win a world championship in baseball because they don't have the same. They can't afford the same yeah. level of players, right? Yeah. And basketball Much you put, tougher. Put LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh yeah. on the same team. It's like who do you think's gonna win, yeah, bro? It, it, it you know? comes down to um, just the. They should win. Yeah. yeah. So I never liked the yeah. make the suit like we talk about the super teams and the superstar teams and whatever. So, so I got a question for you. Yeah. And then I'll I, I'll I'll answer it as well myself. Like in your opinion, you've I don't know if you've really watched it that much, but what do you think would be the reason that uh, some of these other countries like and I would I would exclude Sweden and Finland from this because they've always been very good. So what what in your opinion what makes you think like Austria Sweden Germany or Switzerland Germany Latvia um, th- some of these teams what makes you think that they compete more or what, what, like do you have any opinion on that? Um, I have a very crude understanding of how those countries develop players. Crude and what what do you mean by crude? crude like, like I don't oil. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a low level understanding like i don't i don't know exactly what the development is like but i know what they do with most sports that they're successful in in a lot of those countries and a lot of them are we find these kids when they're young and they're in a system where it's like you do this step and this step and this step and this step and you get to where you want to go um i think i think the level of organization they have around the development process say that sentence again the the level, level of organization yep. that they have in the development process for kids. So okay. whether it's the school systems or the athletic systems or the combinations with the academy stuff that they yep. do or whatever it is, I think that that is just more conducive to developing kids until they're in adulthood. Because yep. we talked about this in, in Ontario. It's like if you don't get drafted to the OHL, it's actually kind of difficult to chart a path for yourself if you still want to be a hockey player after that. Right. So it's it's not that clear. You kind of have to make like a customized plan for yourself, whereas there's not just a step by step process that you can just follow. And when you're 22, you'll come out the other end ready to go if you are successful with your development journey, let's say. So if you hit 15 and you don't get drafted to the OHL, it's like, yeah, you can try to get a scholarship. You can try to work your way through other junior leagues until you get a chance for open tryout or whatever. But there's not like. When you start school in JK, if you just keep going, you'll be out in grade twelve, and then yeah. you're done school. Yeah. You know, so I think I think there's more yeah. of the that. Push, there's just the one pushback we'll get on that is that people say, "Well, I did it. I got a scholarship. I did this," and I agree. That's that happens. But what you're saying is the system, the way you grow up in Ontario, yeah. is that yeah. the OHL CHL path yeah. is like what most people are geared right. to. And I, I think if anyone said that that's a competitive player said that, no, I wasn't interested at all. Or I didn't, it didn't bother me if I didn't get drafted. I think there would be, that would be a ho- totally true. Yeah. But there are kids that would say, no, I want to be, I want to get a scholarship and that's their path. And of course getting drafted in the OHL would be a feather in the cap and right. they might not really care that much, but they do want to get it. But then yeah. after that, it's like, yeah, like now for, for the typical Ontario kid, the higher end kids, it's like, yeah, they got to carve it out. They got to say, okay, now what's my next step? It's not right. just as simple. Like we live in Minnesota or Michigan or yeah. something like that. Then it's like, they go to whatever triple a or high school. And then their next step is juniors. That's what they call juniors, yeah, juniors. with an S. Yeah. And that could be the North American league, East, um, uh, USHL, uh, or whatever. And they, they don't even consider really, uh, anything else till no. they get to college, right? So and that's, that's kind of my, my so point. There's it's, no rush. Yeah, it's like Canada's like opposite almost. Right. Yeah, it's like mapped out for you until you're 22. So it's mm. like for me, I'm a, I'm a good example. Good of process. This. Yeah, like I'm a good example of this. I was I was 15 in my OHL draft year. I didn't get drafted, and then my 16 year old year, I played midget, and I had an awesome year. But it's like now what? So I ended up getting open tryouts in the OHL, and that now I had schools talking to me. And then I was playing in a junior league in Ontario that wasn't like a super highly scouted league. So now I'm like, okay, where do I go? Like, what should I be doing? What team should I be playing for? And I have to figure out how to map out my own path as opposed to if you grow up in the U.S., like you said, you can go from 
AAA to high school yeah. to juniors U18. to yeah right to juniors yeah. to college or you can go AAA to high school to US program to college or if you're a top tier guy you could get plucked right out of high school and go to college so there's like it's already set up for you and you just have to pick which lane you're going to go down as opposed to creating a lane the pressure right? for a, a, an American kid to be really good at 16 is not the same as one for a Canadian. Exactly. Kid. Based yeah. on not, and it doesn't matter to be no. honest with you, but it, that's, that's, that's what it seems like. Yeah. And so it, it just seems like an 18 year old, 18, 19 year old uh, American hockey player is not worried that time's running out. Yeah. So to, to is go, that a way to say Yeah. It? So to bring it full circle to back to your question, like some of these other countries, yeah. I think because of that, and I think also because the population is smaller, I think it's a lot easier to get everyone on the same page of what we're doing, right? So you're saying so, Latvia. Yeah. So if you're like Latvia, yeah. Switzerland, Austria, All right. it's a very like, here's a term, homogeneous population. Careful. Yeah. Right. So it's, there's a lot, The it's a smaller population. So yeah. somewhere between like, let's say five and 20 million people in okay. these countries. Yeah. I've, around that, that's probably a good estimation yeah, for know. each of them. It's a lot easier to have control of 10, let's say the sub- group of hockey players in a population 10 million it's a lot easier to get them all on the same page than it is in a population of 30 something million or a population of 300 and something million in the u.s all with different um outlooks on how things should be run so yeah. if you have ten, it just brings down how difficult it is to get people on the same page to do things so if i want to say all u8 teams have to do small area games it's a lot there, i think there'll be a lot less debate because there's just less people that are going to be complaining about things. So I think that plays a part of it as well. Yeah. But then I think I just feel like that setup of how you can develop through your youth years playing whatever sport you play, whether it's hockey or something else, yeah. I, I just feel like they have a better pulse. Just a base yeah. gr grassroots program. Yeah. Well, and that's how you can have, you know, the whatever Finnish team. Like, what's the population of Finland, you know? I don't million? know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's I not, know it's a lot smaller. It's not 300. That's so. Right they will play in the finals against the U.S. and could win. Well, they're great. Right? So yeah. it's like, how does that that scale? Yeah. Does like it make sense, right? right? You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's kind of my initial thought on the yeah. question, if you yeah. want to answer now. Yeah, no, I I just, I was curious on what you thought. There's, I always am open to what people think about things. And, uh, well, I know that uh, if I could look at, so my one of my best friends is Paul DiPietro, right? And he just, uh, he just finished coaching with Lugano in the Swiss Elite League. Mm -hmm. And previous to that, like, so he won a, we played together in junior, you know, Polly, yep. this is for other people. Yep. We played together in junior. We're really good friends. And then he won a Stanley cup with, uh, um, Montreal Canadians. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, when he, after he was done in the NHL, he went and played in Europe for a long time and then he started coaching. So he was with the club, uh, EV Zug. Yep. So with his assistant coaching job, he also ran a program, which was the EV Zug or Zug, whatever you call it. So Academy. So you said this is Switzerland. Yeah. So just for, this is yeah. population 8.7 million in Switzerland. Yeah. There just you for go. some yeah. context. Skiing is probably a bigger sport. Yeah. No, really. Yeah, go ahead. So there, so I was saying, Polly, what's going on with that? Like, there's a ton of good hockey players coming from Switzerland. And in the last 10 years, that, there's been like a lot. Like we had a first overall, Nico Heischer, was he first or second? I forgot. Heischer was first. Yeah, first overall. Yeah. And there's, uh, but there's a lot of good Swiss hockey players now. And they, they actually, Pauly uh, got the overtime goal beating Canada in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he's with Evie Zug. So what he, what he did, he was an assistant coach there and he was on the US, or uh, the Swiss uh, national team or world junior team. He was a power play coach and assistant coach. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but he also was the, uh, he, a director or not, I wouldn't call it director, but he was a skills coach for the EV Zug Academy. Really? Yeah. So they had like the, the, like, it's like we talked about in soccer, they had the, the, the national team or the international team or the, like the pro team, whatever they call it there. I forget what the terms are. Yeah. And then they have the, like the B club and then it works its way down. Right. That's kind of what I'm just pointing at. Webby yeah. was telling me that when he was in Swiss, um, Sweden as well with, he was playing for Fralunda after he was done in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's the same thing. They have, that club, the, the pro team, junior team, club teams. So I think that system, right? You learn how to play right. within that system. So those, that, maybe that's one way. And what, what you, you have something to say? Yeah. I, so I just pulled this up real quick. I don't know how accurate these numbers are. So this is uh, Statista. That's the website. Number of registered ice hockey players in 2021-2022. So by country. So U.S., 
551,000. Canada, 513,000. More in the U.S. than more, Canada? Yeah. No. Well, there's more people, more I guess. More people. Yeah. Um, Russia, 100,000. Finland, 66. Sweden, 61. Czech, 34. Swiss, 29. Then Germany, France, Japan, China, Great Britain are all 20 and under. So, and like, where, like, where is Finland at? Like, Finland's not even on here. Latvia, 7,000. Norway, 8,000. Austria, 7,000. These guys are putting teams together, right? man. And then, I don't know, Finland's not on here. Oh, no, Finland's 66. I already said them. Sorry. Finland's a big one, too. Um, but anyways, so these are the guys, you're, the place you're talking about. So you got, for you said Switzerland for Pauly? So 29,000 registered hockey players, assuming these stats are, are right. Well, they're, they're going to be pretty close, close. Around, right? Yeah. This is as of October 2022. So in Switzerland, you have 29,000. They can come and compete against Canada, maybe win in a pool of 513,000 well, the Olympics players. they beat at the Canada Olympics right? I mean they, they can win they did they so don't going to do it every day so when, when you talk about the the structure of like let's say the academy thing where it's like there's something to that development process when in the best light done correctly yep. it's like there's something done to correctly that, right so I think okay so let's say that they've done that I mean you look at the old USSR teams right they had their club teams too like they were with the, they were with that organization for month after month i mean I, i'm friends with igor Larionov, right mm-hmm. i've worked for him and uh, he was telling me that it was 11 months a year yep 11 hours a day like yeah. in these compounds and it was workout train that's extreme yeah but it's a way <laughs> okay so then here's sorry do you have more on that because i got a question then for you well i no, i was just going to say so that's one thing mm-hmm. so i think there's a, a lot to do with maybe the way they structure it and i think the way they structure it is because I think what happened here in Canada, like, and I can even compare Canada to the U.S. right now, okay? I think the U.S. does a tremendous job at trying. Like, I, I, would, I would, wouldn't even single it out. To, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying I think they do a, a tremendous job with it because they try. And I wouldn't just say just for hockey. If you look at when they do something, they try to do it extremely well. Yeah. Right? So like what they've done with hockey is they, you know, I think the biggest the biggest push for U.S. hockey was when they won the Olympics in 1980. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you saw an explosion of uh, hockey players wanting to play hockey and getting into hockey. But I think with the, you know, that that, that system of getting to college and developing and all that stuff. But then they started the, uh, the program, the U18, U17. But they put a huge focus on developing the youth. And we talked about it last one doing the cross ice game, cross ice games and stuff. But my point is that there's a, like a real system and a real yeah. desire to improve their sport. And the United States in the last, well, let's say since 1980, that you could say it was a fluke even, but um, but let's just say in the last 30 years, they've been producing a lot of good hockey players like a lot of good good hockey players coming from places like arizona right and florida like places that you never thought a hockey player would come from texas so something's working really well there yeah and you got to give them credit for that i think they do they 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 really do follow that uh cross ice small area game model and uh, I think they put a lot of time in coaches' development and the resources, which is really good. Where I think Canada, and, and I, I hate to say it this way, but I, th- I, I always found Canada, like for a long, long time I felt this way, that Canada was uh, kind of almost arrogant about hockey. Right. That we're just the best at hockey and, and we never had to fix anything. And then maybe there wasn't anything to fix at first. Because, you know, just most kids played hockey and... and, and Canada ruled the NHL for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then at what point did it change? I, I don't really know, but I, I, could, I would just say this, because I don't know exactly, but I would say this, that a lot of other countries just put a lot more time into the development model. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't know which one's right. Canada still produces a heck of a lot of hockey players, like really good hockey players. Yeah. And um, so I, I don't know if it's right, but I think Canada, the, the model got lazy. And we were kind of knew everything about everything yeah. and we didn't want to change. And, and you had people that were um, maybe put there that didn't have the right intention. And I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong, but maybe the intentions wasn't to actually develop the player. It was just to yeah. have a good job. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. Like it got a little lazy. I think so. Yeah. So then, okay. So then here's a, here's a question. Like you look at the systems that, that the Russians put in, like, not that you would know this cause you were just a little baby or you weren't even born yet. Yeah. But when, when, uh, not, uh, what's his last name? Uh, Tarasov 
he he was a, the godfather of Russian hockey, right? Like he looked at it as a chess game, and he had a whole different way of teaching the game. Yeah, it's like okay, so like this guy started from scratch, and you look at the U.S. coaches, like they must have like really dug into the coaching. I mean, Pauly says that over in Switzerland, and like they they really get into the systems and stuff like that. And I would also say that the coaching has only gotten uh, much better recently in Canada mm-hmm. yeah. because like I'll go back, you know, I was, and I'm not just saying this out of, out of school here. When my first couple of years of junior in the OHL, the uh, coaches were, they didn't one coach on the bench. One of my first year, the coach never really did practices. He'd come out for five minutes and yell at us. The systems were like dog shit. Well, the, the, the other part of that too, for the coaching is like, even just like the level of resources that coaches have between, you know, you could download a coaching package of drills from whatever website you have YouTube hockey Canada tries to put stuff out that could be helpful for people that don't know anything. So just the, cause when I was a kid, coaches didn't have none of that. Right. It was like, you learned from the, your buddy that coached a couple years before, or yeah, there some were some books maybe you could look at, but there wasn't like the, the bank of resources that you could access. So even some Joe dad, look this podcast, there's another one, right? Like Joe dad doesn't have uh, anywhere to go to get different information outside of his bubble of people or whatever. Right. So it's just totally changed how coaching is done for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so then my question for, let's say if we're talking about some of these, the structure of these other countries, if they do the Academy type of deal, even like with soccer, how they have when you're a kid and you go right up to whatever the national team is. Um, what do you think about the level of seriousness that, some of this would be imposing on kids. So you, t- you touched on Russia, right? How when they're like kind of a little bit nuts training when the kids are eight and nine and 10 and whatever, is it too much? So if like, if you're doing, if you go to a private school of let's say 30 kids and it's like a hockey school where you do your school here, you do your hockey and whatever, are we being too serious for a six-year-old? Like, does this not go against kind of what we talk about with the let the kids be kids kind of thing? Or like, what do you think? Yeah. That? Well, okay. So <laughs> It's a really good question, and yeah, I think it is crazy, but people are going. People are doing it anyways. That's the thing. So, so what I mean by that is, I had a call the other day. Okay, you know about this call. So, some of that, someone that uh, um, called who listens to the podcast, and um, you know, had questions about his son, and. I was like, okay, so how old your son? At the time, he was eight or nine. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I thought we were talking 12 or 13. So I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah don't worry about it. <laughs> That's like to keep all the story short. It's like, well, yeah, don't worry about any of that stuff. It's it's not important. Just play, work hard. Things could change, blah, 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 blah. So, okay, yeah, I think you maybe you talked me off the ledge. All right. And then it was like a couple of weeks ago, he asked if he can talk to me again. He said, yeah. So I didn't listen to you. <laughs> and it's that's what happens that's I, i'm not i'm not carving this person it's like yeah i don't listen to you and things went really south really really fast and i don't know what to do now so i talked to him again and like it's but it's still nothing to worry about he's nine ten right my point to that is that people are going to do what they're going to do right so you might as well if you're going to do it you might as well do it well and so okay so you said the academy thing here's what i think about that um there's a lot of people doing like, like we see here, and I used to, I used to put these on until I didn't think it was all that necessary anymore. Was the uh, six thirty in the morning uh, things, but I did it for a very select group of people, like typically, typically older, uh, for the most part, yeah, and, and, and not crazy with it. Like I always said, like if you come on once a week for extra stuff, then you get to practice a couple times a week, then you get to play. So that's pretty, that's pretty good intense training for once a once a week when you're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Um, can apply it to your games pretty good, so I thought that was good. Uh, and that, but but now you see, there's it's almost like everybody feels like they have to do it to keep up, which they don't. But we can say that, and and Wayne Gretzky can say that, and Connor McDavid can say that till they're blue in the face. The parents and the and the people will still say, yeah, but they'll think that you're you're not you're 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 not telling me everything. There's something like more is better. And I got to the, it's to the point now where 
someone was talking to me the other day and they were saying that they want to come to one of our extra skates right now because they only their team only practices it practices three times a week and he only has two skill sessions a week and plus games and i'm like you and i are both like well how many days in a week are there how many ice times do you need i don't get it so my point is that people are going to do it so people will do some people can afford private school some people don't some people see the benefit of it some people don't i've got my opinion with my kid and stuff like that and some people think that you should get on the ice some people think you don't but but people are going to do it anyway so i would say okay so if you're going to do it might as well do it in the best environment you possibly can that's that's a good idea like a good environment with qualified people and uh whatever and then i think like with the academy thing like ev zoog does it and you know they're, they're popping up all over the place and it's it's a good idea if you want to immer- like so what i think about that is like you're putting you're putting your athlete with other athletes which is good because you're kind of more like-minded so like even off the ice and stuff like that if you're in the classroom i think i like i'm no genius but i think that's a good thing that you have people that are motivated to maybe excel on the ice, off the ice, in the workouts, and you get a like-minded person at the end of it. So I think it's it's good. Uh, and it's not for everyone, hundred percent. I'm not saying it's good or I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But I think that's what that's what things ways are things are going. And if parents like I, none of us are none of us have the right or are qualified to say someone can't make it. The chances of someone making it to the highest levels or getting their school paid for or whatever, it's slim. But we're not, we don't have the right to say you can't do it because that's up to you. And moms and dads have a, a, a thing in their head that they think that their kid's one of them. So it's like, you know, you can get upset with them and you tell them they're nuts and all that stuff, but that's up to them. And, and, and if I'm going to do it, I want to do it in the best uh, environment possible. So I don't think they're bad. I think they're good. Now, if I was to if I was to take if I was to take my I don't know how to say this. <laughs> I was going to say if I was to take my son, I have taken my son, and it, things have worked out so far for him, but maybe it won't. Um, there's kids that have done these private schools, and um, they've had extra ice and stuff. And it's some if, for the talented ones. It seems to work out for some, and not, not for others. But I think it's just a function of if you're good enough or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the the question that comes up a lot for me is the like the, the balance of having access to other things that are not hockey when you're a kid, right? So if you go to a hockey academy now and it's just all hockey all the time, which it's not, it isn't, still isn't. Like you still have your regular classes and you're doing all that. But even when you said being around like-minded kids and, and all that, on the one hand, that's a good thing. But on the other hand, like now you're cutting off access to the fact that there's other things in the world you know what i mean yeah there's so, a jerk at school that you that you're gonna have to deal with some point yeah right, right? there's girls yeah. there's yeah. kids that don't like hockey yeah. there's kids that want to do other stuff and like learning how to interact with that situation i think is important but so is it are you throwing them down the path the development path of not knowing other things like how we said some kids they can't throw a ball right it's like you don't know how to play catch it's like you can't play catch so you've only ever had a hockey stick in your hand so on the one hand, it's like it is good. On the other hand, are they missing out on some of the, on some of the other development things? And then where do you draw the line as a parent, right? Where do you, how do you decide? Okay, is this, is this place that I'm going to actually a better option for the development of my kid? And I think, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Finish. Well, I was, I was going to say to the, I think that the difference is if the actual environment still includes that those other th- things to the best that it, the best degree it can, where it's not just your a soldier now learning hockey you know you're you're a you're in the hockey army and that's all you ever do is be a hockey kid there has to be some elements of other things in there so they can still touch and see that there's more to life than just playing playing the game because they, they can't pick when they're 12 like if you put your kid that's in the academy when they're 12 it's like they don't know how to pick that that's what yeah. they want to do right yeah, that's uh, that's what i think yeah but then so the flip side of that is okay so you look at some of these hockey organizations that we have and you got a coach that's uh What's he there for, right? So, a, a lot of them. Uh, you got practice times at nine o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night, and the kids twelve or what? It doesn't matter the age. They should be winding down, going to bed, um, and and 
you know, it's are the practices quality? Are they thought out? Like I'm talking the coaches side now. Does the organization uh, help streamline all that kind of stuff? And without that, you're you know, some I've seen you. Well, I've seen you play on teams for since you're seven years old that you never had a coach in your life that that knew anything about hockey. So so that was like a parent spending. Uh, gosh, it's a minimum. It's around ten thousand dollars just to play hockey. Right with in, including traveling and stuff. That's, I'm talking a couple of years ago. It's more than that now. So like, is that a good trade off? Like, it's not the best. So like, if, if you in your situation, you were good enough to have school paid for. So in your situation, oh, maybe it would have been better to pay a little bit more to be in an environment where you're in a school academy thing where you were uh, getting taught well both hockey and school and you know, that might've worked out really well for you. It might've been beneficial for my son. I don't know. He, you know, uh, he was fortunate that he had a couple good coaches and he had myself and you and, and the boys around to like maybe steer him if he had any questions. So, yeah. Well, and I think the other part of it too, is the, the, where it could be beneficial is if you have a, a kid that really is like your kid crazy about hockey, doesn't give a shit about school but they're in a hockey school now, maybe now you spark some interest in the school thing, right? Where it's like they actually take their education a little bit more seriously because their teacher is actually cool and played hockey before and can relate to this kid as opposed to whoever you're assigned as your teacher at the start of the year that can't speak your language or relate to you at all, right? So maybe there's a there's an element of that where from the school side of it, if you have a kid that's really disinterested, that... I don't want to do any work. I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to do anything. But when they go to school, they, instead of getting the person that they don't relate to at all, that they don't care about being like at all, they have somebody who's actually kind of a role model to them yep. because it's a more controlled private environment. Yeah, that's a good point. That kid There's can, good and bad to it. Right. So it's, I think it just depends on what your yeah. situation is, but it really depends on the quality of what that, that academy or that organization has to offer. So if you flip it to some of these other countries, again, just to get back to that, a lot of their setups, they're incentivized to have that environment where it's like not only not only is this kid going to be a really good athlete, he's going to be in really good shape, he's going to be a really good student, and he's going to be, uh, he'll end up after this is all done being a productive human being, not just we're developing him to be a hockey player. And I think if you put the, that situation in the best light, that's what you get churning out on the other end. And that's how you can have this small population center like a, a Switzerland or a whatever, relatively smaller compared to the bigger hockey centers, turning out such a high proportion of good players, good athletes, and, and all that. Yeah. Maybe they population. did it on purpose. Maybe they did it on accident. Maybe it just they, uh, they did something that seems to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they had no other choice but to do it certain ways. Yeah. But it seems to be turning out a lot of good hockey players. But I, the other thing that I liked what you said about that is like when we talk about this stuff, like – and, and my wife and I always said this, and we always talk about this, like we, we, we do here with our with our students is my number one job is to make sure that like if they come to a shooting campus to help them be better shooters or if they're working out that they're in better shape. And we not only that, but you teach everything that comes with it. So my number one job is to make them a better hockey player if I can. Right. Yep. The next thing is well, I could leave it at that and I've done my job. But what's important to us is that we leave them with more than just hockey. Right. So some people might think that's kind of cheesy, but it's actually true. And it's actually important that you can, I don't know. I don't want to use the word motivate or inspire necessarily, but you want to be someone that I think it's important that they would like to be like, or would like to learn from that. You give them tools that they can go and be a, like a better person in life. So it's not just about the hockey players, it's about the person. So if you got them into an Academy or one of those settings that we're talking about, um, if, if you're around good people that are motivated in shape, uh, speaking your language and, and are good people and, and push you in school, even, even though you don't like it, maybe you see something, you know, right. They give you ideas on why you should do good well at school and stuff. It just makes you a better person all around. I yeah. think that that's not a, that's not a loss. Right. For sure. Right? So I'm just, I pulled up Finland here just as a quick example and maybe it might be good. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll start doing, I just, I let's thought, do it. Yeah. I started, I was mentioning this to you, uh, when we went pee to look at some of the, how these nations have their, their junior leagues and their youth hockey structured when they develop. So I just did a quick pull up on uh, Finland here and I'm looking at their, their junior league structure. So they have for their pro leagues, 
they have five men's leagues that are higher level um, in Finland. So that would be five more professional style leagues to whatever degree. But then their junior leagues, this is really cool. So they have um, U16 leagues, U18 leagues, and U20 leagues. So if you contrast that with in Canada, we have one junior league and it's 16 to 20. So you have, instead of two age groups, you have four. So you have a four age, four year age gap between the first year players, sometimes five even, depending on when your birthday is, between the lowest and the highest. Whereas here you have the grades. You have U16, U18, U20. Actually, we have a kid that's a member on the, on the site uh, supporting the podcast that he's from, uh, one of them is from Denmark. One of them is from Finland. And it's funny when they, we talk to each other because they message me asking questions or they send video or whatever. And I, don't, I can't speak their language because I don't know the structure of how they support things. So this kid's playing U18. And I would be like, okay, so it's like you're playing midget, but it's not like no, you're playing midget, no, it's right? Yeah, it's junior. It's so it's U16 junior, U18 junior, U20 junior. So now if you're a kid in Ontario, this is another issue. It's like you're a kid that doesn't make their local junior team when you're 16. It's like, now where do you go? You go try, you try to make your U18 team, but U18 AAA around here or U18 AA especially is not great hockey. So U18 AAA is okay, but it's not great. So here, instead, you have the U16, U18, U20, right? All owned by different organizations. Yeah, so in Finland, it could be uh, Jokerit or yeah, Sweden. Yeah, this one is Ligand, I think. Yeah. Um, Lexand? No, it's Sweden. I don't know how to Doesn't say it. doesn't matter. L-I-I-G-A. Liga? Liga. Liga? Yeah. Um, and then they'll have three tiers yeah. within each of those. Yeah. Yeah, structures, right? Yeah. So it's just a completely different way to think about yeah. junior hockey. Now, to me, when I think of that, you're giving the kids options to keep pursuing, and that's well, what's important. Right? I know that those those or this is what I was saying about that academy thing or like the soccer model mm-hmm. is that so if Frolanda or Jokeri have the pro team, that's what they do, right? They have yes, they have different levels of junior so that you get called up to. So let's say it's 16, then it's 18, then it's under 20, then it's the pro might be the B team and then the, the top team. Right. But, but so if you think about that, that whole system, the training and everything is done all all within that system. So you're you're developing the hockey. The, the team develops a hockey player that they're looking for. And if you fit that system, then you're, you play on the big team. Eventually right. you don't just sit there at 18 going, well, I'll never make it. Well, no, no, you're in that system. So, yeah. it, you know, it gives a kid a little bit more hope too. Yeah. Right. So it's now in, instead of, you know, when you're, if you live in, if you live in Finland and when you're 15 years old, you didn't make the U16 junior team. It's like, well, you have a couple other junior teams that you could, you could make. And if you don't, you know that there's a U18 team and a U20 team that you can still work towards later. So if I didn't make the U16 team this year, I can work really hard to try to make the U18 team next year still. If I don't make it when I'm 18, I can still try to make the U20 team later. Like So there's still somewhere that you can see yourself going where you have a goal, right? So wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting then? And I I mean, that's what we have Junior B and Tier 2 and all that stuff for in Ontario and Canada. Yeah. But it would be interesting if there was, if the just at the OHL level, they could produce something like that. Like a, a true yeah, affiliation, right? a true affiliate system. Yeah. So and like the Windsor Spitfires or the Windsor Spitfires, just this one's U18 or mm-hmm. whatever. And that's your system. And you actually play the London Knights U18 yeah. and the Guelph Storm U18 and the yeah. Hamilton Bulldogs U18. Yeah, and I think that would be, be interesting. It would be, it would be t- tough to do because of the draft. Yeah, I guess. But. I think it'd be easier to do with like the, let's say the OJHL or the junior B league here where they don't have drafts. Right. So it's, you can come and try out. So I think it's easier to set up because it's not intermingled with the other junior teams. So let's say the local junior team here affiliates with the local AAA organization and you set up a structure that way. Right. Where it's like this to this, to this, to this. So when you're in grade when you're in grade six, starting your hockey career, let's say career, playing AAA or whatever level, you can see when you're 20, you can be playing for this junior yeah. team, right? Where it's like, instead of right now, what you have is when I'm 15, I hope I get drafted. Yeah. Or I'd love to get drafted, right? But now instead, you're really making a clear picture of where you can go when you're, by the time you're 20. And if, if things change and you end up somewhere else, that's fine. But at least you have, you always have a fallback path that you can always see yeah. This vision of I'll be here when I'm 20, and from there I can move on to something else, something bigger, something better. 
or whatever, because I find one of the biggest problems in Ontario, at least, is that the kids that get discouraged or want to quit or whatever, because when they're 15, it didn't work for them or when they're 16, it didn't work for them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the player that you are when you're 16 is not even close to what no. you could be when you're 20, 21 to no. even up to 24, 25. Right. So it's just, it's a very different, it's a very different way to look at it, but that's, and I think in most of those European countries, it's some similar structure to what yeah. they have in Finland here. Yeah, right? I think so. So they have their. Well, it's probably because with, it's, it makes sense. They do it with soccer. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Football, whatever you call it. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I think that's, uh, I think that's good. Interesting to, to do that. I think what we'll do is we'll do like a, maybe a mini series where we do like a little bit more of a deep dive yeah. on, uh, on other countries. That's what I was hoping I was going to get more of when I went to Russia. Like seeing how the system's laid out. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, that's why Igor brought me over. Yeah. 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 Just to implement something. And, uh, I didn't get, to, I didn't get a chance to pick their brain so much. It's such a, it's such a mess there. Well, you know, for people that people that listen to this podcast, because this is something that we throw around ideas about a lot of like, you know, the develop the development process, obviously something that we're really passionate about here. But if you're somebody that's in a position to make decisions on the structures of your youth hockey organizations or whatever, yeah, I think that's a good thing to start thinking about is if you want the development to go well, then from the kid's perspective, and I remember this as a player, you have to be able to see the path. Right. Oops. The more the more you can see a clear picture, the easier it is to be motivated and inspired to do the work. Right. Yeah. And because you, in Ontario, at least, and probably probably in BC and well, I guess you have BCHL and stuff. So there's other options there, too. But but just like, like that. But this is the thing in Canada. Yeah. In like, Canada. So, so we just said we, so this is as clear as mud now is in, in Sweden, Switzerland, Finland. We, we kind of recognize that there's that system. I think I got closer to the mic. That system of they have that club and they dumb it. They have that academy more or less model, mm-hmm. and the states is a little different. But they have like the model is kind college. Similar, but yeah. let's say it's college. That's the yeah. model. Like so, if you're in the states, it's like just go play junior till you get your till you maybe qualify for a scholarship or you can get a scholarship. In Canada, where do you play? Like you got the. You got junior, you got BCHL, you got tier two, you got all these different levels, right? Yep. So it's not clear across the country. And like to make a change, like let's say you did that club team or the academy thing through an organization, it'd be like nearly impossible because it's such a big country with so many different leagues. Yeah. That's where it gets convoluted in Canada. Yeah, for sure. But you if you, this is what I'm, my point is being, if you're someone who, you know, if you have some passion for it and you're involved in like your team's, you know, the board of your team or whatever, and you can make a choice that, more clearly outlines a path forward then you're not going to get so many kids that aren't don't care about pursuing hockey because when they're 15 it's over or when they're 16 they feel like it's over you know whereas all, a lot of these other countries the it's over feeling probably doesn't happen till you're 2021 20, as opposed to 15 16 which is way different because as a especially as a boy your development from 16 to 20 to 22 well I'll look at tage thompson yeah yeah yeah. Like, I, I mean, he's just like the obvious one right now, but like he was a first round pick, so he wasn't shit. Yeah. But like people were kind of like, uh, it's only been a couple of years that he hasn't been hit his like top end yeah. of his, uh, what's the word? Game. Sure. Yeah. It was like questionable maybe, Development, right? Yeah. So now he's probably 22, 23, something like that in Buffalo and yeah. he's tearing it up now. Six yeah, so foot seven. Can, it just took some time. Yeah. If you can undo some of that he discouragement. Never, never a bad hockey player. Just that now no. he's hitting his stride yeah you know so i think that's uh that's important so maybe we'll we'll get more into that that next week so uh we'll leave it there and then uh we'll see what happens next week so see you guys enjoy your new year (laughs) you know exactly